0: 100 Thieves are Champions, a new LCS organization to take home a North American championship. Huge for them. Lots of storylines to go into it. We'll definitely get into to some of those. JNT, overall impressions of the weekend before we hop into one of the series? It's just
1: not as how I was expecting the weekend to go down at all.
0: I don't think anybody expected it to go down this way, honestly. It's like, I I mean, maybe some people did predict 100 Thieves. The vast majority did not.
1: Yeah, like just obviously the way that the matches went with 100 Thieves winning, and then like them just winning kind of dominantly, like just wasn't expected at all.
0: Yeah, really, really crazy stuff. Uh, Blue J and J and T250, this is episode 57. Let's get into the first series, which was C9 and 100 Thieves. You had C9 favorite in this one. Were you at all surprised about what happened this series? I mean, maybe obviously surprised, but what surprised you? Let's start with that.
1: I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I'm gonna try to keep my opinions on this series, like fixated on this one and not let the finals ruin my opinion of this series. Cause in this series, it felt like the teams were relatively even but Cloud9 was just making like too many mistakes, and and that was like the way that I saw Cloud9 in this series. They were kind of like on their MSI form, or like they weren't a bad like they weren't a bad team. They weren't a good team. They were a team that could make a lot of plays, but would also make a lot of mistakes with those with those plays. So you you know you kind of saw like Cloud9 had really good positions in both games one and two, but in game two you know. Cloud and I did make some big mistakes with Zven kind of overstepping in certain spots in the mid lane. Something that has kind of plagued him, I feel like his whole career is... It's funny, like, whenever we're watching the Doublelift, uh, Doublelift's co-stream, he's always commenting about how Zven is, like, stepping up and hitting mid waves for no reason. Or, you know, he's he's on the wave of mid lane with no team around to protect him. And we saw that two times in Game 2, where Zven is just slightly out of position for a split second, and closer on a, on a dime, just, like, makes that engage with the flash kick, kills Zven and you know Cloud9 lose game 2 in a game that they're probably supposed to win. So,
0: so I almost agree 100%. I'm a little bit off. The only where where the only spot that I'm a little bit different than you is that the one play I actually didn't think Zven was like being too over aggressive. The one he was clearly like you have no business being up that far. The other play closer he queued to a minion, then ward hopped, then flashed like you have to be playing a mile back to think that or to be able to not get picked by that. And so it's still definitely a mistake. So I don't want to make it sound like it's not a mistake from the side of Zven, but to me that was way more of a really nice play from Closer than a mistake from Zven. But I still agree with you that he is in places that he has no business being and I mean Perks got picked off as well a couple of times from the lease in.
1: Yeah, but but I mean like you, you look at the series, like game two is a game that Cloud9 should win. Um and you know, game three, Cloud9 won as well, albeit a very a pretty close game as well, if not for some, you know, really nice plays by Zven actually in that kind of like chase down team fight where he picked up like three kills and, you know, Cloud9 kind of pulled away a little bit in that game. So like like looking at all the games, minus game four, they were very close games. I would you could argue three out of the four games that were played in this series, Cloud9 were actually the ones in the driver's seat. Um, game one was just kind of a weird game where it was like a super slow game and FBI obviously had that crazy. Um, Aphelios Inferno multi around the Baron which Cloud9 was trying to bait where they basically you know almost get full wiped which gives 100T control of Baron and whatnot but this series felt like a very close series that I think could have gone either way but Cloud9 just made too many mistakes and you know some of them were just like game losing mistakes and and you just can't do that when you're this far into the season and you're this far into playoffs where you're in the finals weekend all three teams are going to be good I know, like, you know, all three teams might not be insanely good, um, but they're going to be good. And 100 Thieves, you know, this weekend, they just played insanely well. Like, you can't take any credit away from them of how well they played. Like, this was probably the best 100 Thieves that we've seen all year, for sure. Like, no, no way did they ever play close to this level at all this season. Maybe towards the beginning of Summer Split, like in those first two weeks, where Abadage was just, like, extremely popping off. you had players on 100 thieves who were all playing at at what felt like their peak fbi was playing insane closer was playing insane someday was actually having a pretty good series um against cloud nine and against team liquid i'll I'll have to say that i was very concerned about someday going into finals going into the majority of playoffs and you know this weekend you know he really put it where kind of put his money where his mouth is uh, in terms of his value because you know he had kind of been He'd been a big point of criticism for this team, and he actually did kind of show up in the finals, was able to sort of you know go even with Fudge and have some good macro plays, and same with Elfari in the finals.
0: Yeah, I, I actually agree. I thought Someday had a really good weekend. The only way place that I differ from you, based off all the things that you said just a, a minute ago, was that I did not think that this was, uh, the C9 versus 100 Thieves was any teams to win. I definitely think 100 Thieves looked much better against Team Liquid, and, and I guess by default, worse against C9 but to me they still look like clearly the better team I was not surprised by that I've I've been pretty vocal that I don't really think very much of Cloud9 right now and I've acknowledged many times that yes they can all of a sudden look good and we know that their ceiling is high but all summer long haven't really seen it and I think that this series was just some more of that Um, too much bad to outweigh the good and so I didn't think that this was either teams to win I thought Cloud9 just played really bad and I thought 100 Thieves, while they didn't play great, I thought they played good. And so I think that they just deserve the series with with that alone. Um, Closers game two Lee Sin was maybe the best Lee Sin, probably the best Lee Sin we've seen all year, in all honesty. I don't think he had not one, not two, not three, maybe four or five even different kicks where he is just making the play and getting the pick. That was, to me, the best performance that he had Throughout the whole weekend, and for those that did watch and and know what I'm talking about, he had great performances all weekend long. But game two against C9, to me, was the most 1v9. Even though you could call the whole damn weekend 1v1v9 for closer.
1: No, I mean, actually, I kind of feel a bit of the opposite way about that. Like, I feel like game two was like the way that I looked at game two was if you're like an OG, you know, North American fan, or even a Cloud9 fan like myself, like idios at worlds in 2016 where he was having a pretty like not so great game not finding a lot of plays but kind of ends up getting two kicks towards the end of the game ironically on this uh, the same varus like maple was playing uh poke varus mid lane and like he caught him out two times in big spots in team fights you know which won them the game so i kind of feel it was more like that where like cluster wasn't having like an amazing game by any means like like i know like scoreline doesn't tell the whole story but he was like zero four and four before yeah. before he makes that first play and like you know, the play is absolutely insane, like it's mechanically perfect, it's like, you know, maximum distance that Sven thinks he could be standing, where, you know, he does cue to the minion, he Warhop flash kicks. Like, but other than those two plays, like, it's not like he had an amazing game, like I think there were a handful of games, basically every other game you could probably say was a better game out of Closer this weekend than that one, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, see, I'm, I guess we're just going to have to disagree on that one because I he had way more than those two kicks in my eye. He had, like, five of them just in that game. He caught out perks multiple times as well with kicks, and he might have had some another one on someone else. So it, it's either four or five. To me, it was more than just those two kicks, and so, yeah, I guess we just differ on, on that one. But where we do agree is his weekend was so 1v9. Like, he is hands down the best player that we saw this weekend, and I don't think there's any doubt on that, right?
1: He was, yeah, he was the best player for sure. Yeah by a long yeah, shot. Yeah.
0: And, and and honestly it, it, when you look over at um Cloud 9 uh, if we're talking about the Lee in plays, I think Blabber had a really nice Lee in uh, play as well where he where he escaped uh, people might remember what I'm talking about where they're running away from 100 thieves he takes the queue he kicks his his uh opponent whatever the word is to escape and and follows the queue to escape it while picking up the kill. That was another really clean play out of Blabber. And even though we didn't see a lot of it from Blabber, that was a play that really stood out to me as just like, wow, we all of a sudden we have some really good Lee Sin players in North America, which that hasn't really seemed to be the case in the past, in all honesty.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just think that like Lee Sin is a champ that's inevitably going to make a play and the mark of a good Lee Sin is basically everything that you're doing that's not those flashy plays because every player to date should be good enough to make to mechanically make those kinds of plays obviously you know it's it's a completely different story like doing it in game and executing in a high pressure moment but i think like something to me where, where i'm watching like in performance and it's really really good is like i think closer's performance and more like more towards like his game three performance against team liquid where he's just like getting so much done in the early game consistently up in your face like basically, like, skating the line between, you know, death and, like, killing people and getting out with one HP, just as opposed to, like, making those plays on Lee Sin, because I feel like, you know, that's kind of, like, the standard of Lee Sin, is, like, making those plays, and it's more about what you can accomplish in the early game, because Lee Sin has kind of, like, shifted a little bit from, like, a specifically early game-oriented champion to more of, like, a mid-late game uh, with this new build with Gore Gore Drinker Stairax, where it basically just makes you invincible, and you can just dive into the backline and, you know, Basically just be a disruptor, um, finding the proper angles to queue into the backline, to kick a priority target, and then just heal up forever with Gorge Rinker, Sterak, Stopwatch, and, and various W shields to allies or, you know, out of range. Um, the champion is just pretty bonkers right now, and I think you kind of saw that with Closer, you know, this weekend, where he's basically playing the champion to, like, maximum efficiency in terms of damage, yes. healing, mobility. Like, everything was just, like, picture perfect almost every game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um what are your thoughts on Perks? I mean, uh, I I think you know where I'm going with this. I didn't think Perks looked very good at all in the series. Um he might have had a couple of good plays, but the the bad plays are definitely the ones that stood out to me because there was just too many of them. There was obviously the game 4 where even in the press conference post game, he was like like my game 4 TP kind of lost us that fight and ultimately the game after that because he TP's right into the middle of a team fight um which is you can't do that as a carry, and then he does that, and then he ends up dying. Or top lane, they're going for a dive. He roams up as Oriana. He doesn't even use his ultimate, and then you see the who he walk away with like two HP, and it's like just use your ultimate and kill him. Or if you're not going to use it on him, use it on the other two 100 thieves members that are standing there. Like it just it felt really really off for me. Uh, I wanted to know how you thought about it though.
1: Yeah, he definitely hasn't been you know his normal self uh, the majority of this split. Um... I think he's had maybe a few games this split, even like where he's actually like playing well and not making a lot of a lot of mistakes because Cloud9 was making a lot of mistakes. I think pretty much all around the map, um, in the summer split regular season. And then you can kind of see like certain players were kind of getting back to form i think their bot lane was looking much much better kind of, towards the end of the regular season and going into playoffs and even towards the start of playoffs you know sven and vulcan have been looking good budge had been solid pretty much the whole year and it was kind of on like blabber perks where a lot of the the cloud nine problems were falling and i think we kind of did see blabber you know he did have some great performances and you know showed some of his old blabber self in the playoffs but for perks, I mean I can't think of like one standout game that he had this playoffs across the like four best of fives that they played. The only one that I, that I can really think of was like his game two, LeBlanc against EG. Like that's the only performance where I was like, okay, that was like Perks smashing people.
0: Yeah, I know there was probably another one. I can't think of one, but in the series against TSM, I remember the That's, one that, game that's like, what
1: I mean. Like, there's not, like, any standouts. Like, it's yeah. just pretty much, like, average or, right. like,
0: right. And that's, just bad yeah.
1: performances.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, The other thing that I'll say is that, for me, it does feel like we're not seeing peak out of any of the Cloud9 players, if I'm being honest. I think we've seen Fudge play better. Not to say that he even necessarily played bad this weekend, but we've seen him play better. And I think we've seen that out of Blabber. We've seen that out of Perks for sure. And I think we just all of them, honestly. And uh, I, I guess the one the one thing that stands out for me from from Fudge this weekend was he actually did have a really nice three man naralty in the one game that they did win. But outside of that, I don't. There's nothing else that stands out. Maybe someone can remind me of something. But uh, yeah. yeah, not much stood out that that was that great.
1: His gangplank was, was very, very good, uh, once again. I thought games one and game four. Actually I think I don't know, like I actually think through this throughout this whole series, Fudge played pretty well. He's okay. doing he's doing really good of using Gangplank as like a, a blind pick counter pick. Um I don't know. I think games one and game four were really good GP games out of Fudge. Um you kind of mentioned his uh his gnar was pretty impactful in fights in that game three, and I think even his game two like wasn't too bad on the Viega, like I don't know i think fudge had a solid series i think sven vulcan you know minus sven's mistakes in terms of positioning i think they had a solid series uh maybe not solid but they were all right i just (laughs) think that well i just think that like when if you you can't just it's just the number of mistakes for me like i still stand by that i think cloud9 could have won this series um even playing at the level they did had they not made so many mistakes because it was four games, pretty much every game was close, except for game four. Um, and, you know, Cloud9 were in winning positions, and game two should have happened. Game one could have happened, you know, who knows how that game plays out if 100 Thieves basically just don't get an uncontested Baron at like 20, however however, 20 minutes uh, into the game it was. I just think that, you know, I just don't, I don't think the series was as 100 Thieves favored as it was despite the outcome.
0: I see. I see. Um, yeah, I guess I just disagree with that, but um, I definitely, uh, I, I I, guess I kind of see where you're coming from, even though I disagree with it. The reason I, I can see where you're coming from is because we saw what 100 Thieves could look like in the next series, and so when you compare those two, and I know that's not what you're trying to do here, but for me, when I compare those two, I could see a big difference, so I, I get where you're coming from in that in that sort of way did you have anything else on the c9 100 thieves series because i have a lot to say about 100 thieves but mostly about the next series.
1: yeah we'll just we'll just get into the next one then i guess i don't i don't really have a whole like a whole lot more to say uh just that like you just can't make this like i'll say it again but you just can't make this many mistakes when you're this deep into playoffs like they're going to show and good teams are going to be able to punish that and 100 thieves like you know, while they weren't necessarily the team that was, you know, in the driver's seat for the majority of the series, 100 Thieves were like right there, ready to take over whenever Cloud9 was misstepping, and uh, and that's a perfectly viable strategy when uh when a team is so all over the place like Cloud9 kind of has been.
0: So here's one one last point that I'll use to transition over into the next series is that um, coming into this series, I said I fully expect 100 Thieves to get leads. My, my fear was that they would throw them. Um, and even though they didn't necessarily throw them in this series, I mean, they did a, a couple of times, but they didn't actually always lose. But where they did throw some leads uh, is somewhere where I was afraid for them. Uh, and they, they took a while to close out some series or, or the one game specifically. They have three inhibs. And someday just randomly dies, like when you have three inhibs down and you're sieging, you should be able to close up the game. That didn't happen, so like that's where there was a little bit of sloppy gameplay there. But when we go into the next series, they didn't really have any problems at all closing out games. And so I was fully anticipating TL to win the series 3-0, and well, I mean, what, what can I say? <laughs> 100 Thieves just absolutely stomped them. They did exactly what I thought they would do against C nine, whereas they got these early game leads and they never let go and they just come I don't know, it seemed like T L couldn't keep up with them.
1: Yeah, it it just it, it just looked like you had two teams that like weren't even in the same like stratosphere. Like games one and game three were just like such absolute stomps that it's what you would expect if like Cloud Nine was playing like or like like old, like good, good Cloud Nine was playing like C- bad immortals or something like that. <laughs> like, like a, I don't, I'm trying to think of like a comparison or like anything. It's just like when the clear best team is playing like the clear worst team. That's what that felt like because Team Liquid yeah. was just like, it was like super fucking hopeless. It felt like, like in terms of the performances. players reaction on cams like when they like even like during games uh, after the games were over like at the at the press conference and whatnot like team liquid just felt so deflated and i wonder you know part of me wonders if that was because they just got beaten so badly or maybe because they just weren't as good as everyone thought they were
0: yeah i mean for me i i'm okay with seeing them not show up one day i mean it's a bad freaking day to not show up let's be honest it's the finals but to me, not all hope is lost. That's not, that's not how I look at it. Um, but it definitely is a worrying sign if you're a TL fan where you saw them absolutely popping off the last couple of weeks and then you see them come and do this in games that really matter. Because Worlds games really matter. So there's, you know, you could be very afraid if you're a Team Liquid fan seeing what you saw this weekend. Um, what, what stands out for me is that the things that we know Team Liquid likes to do are the things that got totally shut down and just exposed this weekend. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Alfari, them being able to play through him. So first of all, Alfari was able to get leads in lane. Not a big surprise. Some days playing weak side. That's what we expect. But whenever they went top to try to make plays and play through top lane, Huyi and Closer were always there to a- and able to shut that play down. And so Team Liquid wasn't able to snowball through top. And one of the things I was afraid of from Team Liquid a month ago was that they were too predictable, and that we knew they were going to play through top. Well, it looked like 100 Thieves knew that as well, and they were able to stop any kind of plays that Team Liquid tried to make in the top lane. The other area where I thought Team Liquid, where well, what we know with Team Liquid is that Core JJ likes to roam and make plays all over the map. Who he was following him everywhere and had an answer for everything Core JJ wanted to do, and so I couldn't believe the the support gap that we saw in this series, who he was unreal on his Alistair. It was insane. And so those were two areas that we know how Team Liquid likes to play, and 100 Thieves wasn't phased by it at all, and they just completely outplayed them.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting to kind of see the support meta that has just kind of, like, evolved throughout, like, this playoffs, because I felt like this sort of style wasn't really prevalent until, like, Team Liquid's second series, kind of against... uh a tsm where like they did it again everyone was like oh wait this is actually like a thing because they had done it in cloud nine specifically in that game in that game four where you know vulcan was playing the rakan and i don't remember what exactly core JJ was playing i just remember that was also one of the games where jensen was playing lee sin and they were playing this pretty oh he's playing Shen uh, and they were just playing this super heavy like we're going to have core jj move to our soul liners and just help them like permanently skirmish for the entirety of early game and we've kind of just seen that like stick from a lot of teams like we see a lot yeah. of roaming out of Vulcan. we see a lot of roaming out of core jj and normally who is one to you know stick with fbi quite a lot because 100 thieves does like to make a lot happen through bot lane in terms of just feeding fbi early resources with pressure in lane um, first rift heralds are pretty much still the only team that gives um Solar Rift Herald plates, the ADC and bot lane. And basically, you know, it's their early game mission to destroy bot tier one first as opposed to top tier one, which I think is what most teams sort of go for. They go for top tier one, then mid tier one, and then bot tier one's like a bit of an afterthought. Whereas 100 Thieves, they go bot tier one first, then they'll always flip FBI top lane to get more tower plates, and then they'll send a mid lane with the second Rift Herald. So it's just like a really interesting dynamic that who he kind of also joined in in this, like, roam-heavy style in this series, and was just, like you said, matching Core JJ's plays and just shutting them down before they even begin. Because it feels like, like, one of the things that I've really noticed in this playoffs, like, with the meta, and especially with, you know, supports and junglers, is they kind of move in tandem with, like, how the laners like to play. It's so like, for example, like, if if ever, like, a slow push is happening in bot, or, like, one, one team has the wave on their side of the map, basically, the, op- the enemy support will just instead completely shift his focus to top side and, you know, take a small lost bot lane in hopes that, hey, we're going to play super aggressive top now and then, you know, our support is going to be here to be able to counter any plays and then maybe turn it into a 3v2 if our jungler, you know, kind of times it right and is there for a counter gank. But, you know, 100 Thieves just did the same thing there. It was like, okay, Courgette is going to move. I'm going to move as he basically match every play and just shut any Team Liquid aggression down. Shut any Team Liquid aggression down, like, Early on, and they just like man, they just absolutely smacked them. Like it was a smacking.
0: Yeah, it really was. Um, something that stood out to me. Well, it's it's just been pretty clear for the last couple of years. I would say the the most highlighted match matchup is usually mid jungle. People are always talking about mid jungle, mid jungle, mid and for good reason. And people do still talk about that. But what I'm seeing in the North American meta, and and maybe it's in other regions as well. I haven't paid attention as closely. as as I do North America, but we're seeing jungle support being the duo that is really running the game, or at least that's what we've seen in playoffs for North America, and I wonder if that's something that we're going to see more at Worlds or not. It's something I expect to see out of North America, and probably, in all honesty, out of other regions, because usually NA is one to learn from other regions, let's be honest, but it's just something that's really interesting to me, to see the dynamic go from mid-jungle still being important, but mid- or, excuse me, jungle support seeming to be the most important, uh, what's the word tandem maybe yeah synergy 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 right now is what's really interesting and if we're talking about how good um mid or Names, Jesus, Uh closer, and who he looked this series. You got to look at the other side and look at Santorin and and J. JJ. We we talked a little bit about J JJ not being able to to have his roams be successful, but Santorin was pretty AFK as well. Nothing really seemed to be working with him. We saw the really big tilt play where he tries to fight in river, and then that was where we saw the they panned the camera where he puts oh, yeah. his hands on his face and knows that he he messed up. Really off series out of Santorin as well. In all honesty.
1: Yeah, just to quickly backtrack on the, like, kind of meta, the NA meta development, it does feel pretty, like, NA only, uh, and I think that's mainly because North American teams are usually willing to kind of just go, you know, pick these more AFK bot lane style of champions because we are seeing a ton of poke virus, we're seeing a lot of Ziggs bot lane, I think Jin is kind of, like, slowly starting to rise in priority as this, like, line pickable bot laner that you can play into like a poke varus slashes Ziggs, and that can sort of play weak side and is you know i wouldn't say a supportive type champion but is that like long range artillery that doesn't need to be like super super fed to be effective and it feels like bot lane minus 100 thieves like bot lane's not really a lane you're playing through right now like we're not seeing a lot of like 2v2 kills that are, that are like super bloody whereas i feel like around the world like bot lane is still, like, a, a premier lane of focus because, you know, if we, like, quickly look at, like, eat the, you know, LEC playoffs, like, we're seeing a ton of action pretty much in every single lane. Teams like Mad yeah. Lions, teams like Fnatic, teams like Rogue, they have really strong bot lanes who they like to play through, and we do see a ton of, you know, bloodiness in that lane specifically. Like, it's not, the jungler and the support going away from bot lane and making plays elsewhere it's basically the reverse where a a lot of bot lane plays are happening there so it does feel like it's kind of na exclusive and i think it'll be kind of interesting to see how that would play out at worlds if this is a meta that kind of sticks with all these north american teams and how that kind of works when you do have you know these teams at worlds we're going to be also playing very bot lane focused and play these very you know 2v2 you know lane styles, like Zybercon. like We haven't seen any Xyracon in North America. I, I can't think about the last time I've seen Zyracon, and that's like a pretty common pick in EU right now.
0: Yeah, and it, it makes me think about what it's going to look like when a North American team goes up against Fnatic, because for those that haven't been watching Europe, Fnatic, Hillisang is a nut, and I mean that in the best way possible. He is very aggro and very effective especially on Rakan, like we saw this past week, that guy is insane. And so it makes me wonder if if you, if you North American teams think they could pick Ziggs against Fnatic, I don't think it's going to work out very well. But we'll talk a little bit more about Europe a little bit later. Um, but just a thought that crossed my mind once you were talking about the, the European bot lane.
1: Oh. T. Why? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I just, like, dude, like, there's not much else to say in this series other than, like, it wasn't even close, like... Okay, like I got a
0: little bit more to say, if, I mean, if you want me to go. Yeah, no,
1: here. Give, <laughs> give, give us give us a talking point, because I'm running out of them.
0: So, w- one of the things that stood out for me in game one, where there's the big TP play bot, and they, they get four kills in, in bot lane dive that to me, one, points to what you were saying about with 100 Thieves wanting to play through bot lane, but also reminded me that that was like, that was like throwback to spring 100 Thieves at the very start of the season where they're having a really, where they're absolutely destroying teams. um, That was their play. Was early on, we're diving bot and we're getting a huge lead. And over time, teams kind of caught on to that's what they wanted to do. And then they started to struggle because they couldn't pull off what was their one strat. That play in game one was so reminiscent of spring's uh, 100 thieves even though that we have the new coach and reapered over six and then demonte's gone for Abadage. it doesn't feel like they lost that identity when sp- when talking specifically about the team liquid series that was uh one thing that stood out to me
1: yeah uh they definitely seem to have you know they're definitely a lot more active in the early game kind of like they were like you said at, in early 2021 and even in early summer 2021 cuz it did feel like they kind of lost their early game magic a little bit um but i think had you know they had solid early games against you know Cloud 9 where, where they weren't really losing per se but they weren't gaining any massive advantages but against Team Liquid they were gaining massive advantages like the game games 1 and two, games 1 and 3 were pretty much decided within 8 to 10 minutes like you kind of just knew it was a wrap
0: yeah Now, one player that I actually thought had a so-so series um, was Abadage. I thought that he actually had a really good LeBlanc. His LeBlanc was insane, but I actually thought his Orianna was uh, so-so because sometimes he had really nice shockwaves and sometimes he had absolutely horrifying shockwaves. And that to me is... I I don't think that that should be classified as a good performance if you're, you're like kind of 50-50. I think that we could still see more out of Abadage. I think we saw him have a really good summer split. And so the the reason why I bring this up is because well, I guess what I'm saying is I still think 100 Thieves can actually better be better. And obviously like, you know, the stars need to align to have all your players playing at their peak but I am I guess what I'm saying is I even though 100 Thieves looked so good against TL, I still think they could look better, which is, is a crazy thing to say with how good they look.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, them looking really, really good, which they did, Um, my main worry for 100 Thieves is that, like, this is going to be a one-time thing. Because, kind of like you said, like, Could we be. haven't we haven't really seen, you know, this iteration of 100 Thieves be hitting on all cylinders. You know, uh, the the closest thing that we got to it was the, probably the first couple weeks of the season, where Abadage was really, really smurfing on everybody, and he was playing all these different styles and doing very, very well on all of them we never really got to see a. other than this weekend we never really saw a version of 100 thieves where someday was like doing decent in top lane where closer was absolutely smurfing where Abadage was solid and then fbi and who he were like absolutely smurfing so and on the on the flip side for team liquid like i don't think like team liquid's ever going to look that bad again like, like I, to me that kind yeah. of seems like a bit of a one-off from team liquid so i think going into worlds it'll be very interesting um how the dynamic kind of plays out, one, in terms of actually evaluating all these North American teams, because, like, if 100 Thieves just, like, shits the bet at Worlds as NA number one seed, like, one, it's going to get memed on because it's NA's number one seed. But two, if Team Liquid does relatively well, like, it's pretty easy to just make that argument and say, like, yeah, we just played bad on the day. They played at their best on the day, and, you know, that's that. So for 100 Thieves' sake, I'm hoping that this is, like, performances that they're going to be able to carry out going into Worlds. Um, But I I just, I just hope for their sake, the community's sake, in terms of all the memes that like, this isn't like a one-off because other than the first two weeks of the season, I don't think 100 Thieves, like they were, they never reached any better than that. Like other, like um... if you take away this weekend, I don't think you can tell me that 100 Thieves played better at any point during the season than they did in the first two weeks.
0: Yeah, and and that that could be fair. And I I actually think it's fair to bring up. I I don't know if I necessarily think it's a one-off thing or not, but I think bringing up the idea is fair because like to your point, we haven't seen them play this yet. So we only have seen it one time. E- even though I I guess some people might make the argument that at the start of summer they looked this good and and maybe that's fair, maybe it's not. I don't know, but um I guess it's it's hard to say, I, I suppose. And then, uh, as far as the team Liquid thing, I mean, this is definitely a copium take, but it could be accurate that maybe they needed a wake up call. You know, maybe they were like owning everyone in playoffs and they were just stomping everyone. Maybe sometimes you need a wake up call to say, "Hey, look, you're not as good as you think you are." And sometimes you need to have your your weaknesses exposed, and that did happen. And that is like, I don't know, ten out of ten copium take, but it, it could be the case that it could help them.
1: Yeah, the the series just kind of felt like. Team Liquid wasn't really expecting 100 Thieves to be as aggressive and as active as they were in the early game because like you kind of see like Team Liquid go for a lot of these more late game team fight style of comps which they are very very good on like game one they had tactical they had tactical on Ezreal and Alfari on Camille like two two champions that are way more prevalent in the mid and late game than the early game you then kind of saw that you know they had a bit of a flip in you know, style in Game 2, which was, you know, the closest game of the series, albeit not that close of a game, um, where Team Liquid just drafted this exclusively early game comp with Callista, Brahman and Twisted Fate, and, you know, they got their early game leads, but their comp, you know, just got outvalued by the other comp, you know, at 15 minutes and lost because of that, and Game 3 was just as bad as Game 1.
0: Yeah. Um, before we move on, I just had some thoughts about what this means the win because there to me there is a bunch of good storylines and honestly some sad storylines that come out of 100 thieves winning the the first one that comes to mind is obviously they've never won one before and this is a new org to win DLCs obviously that's huge but then i started thinking about from like people's perspective and I thought about the Golden Guardians. Like, this has got to feel pretty bad if you were—I mean, good and bad, bittersweet, right? Uh, if you are like the coaching staff of Golden Guardians that helped develop three of these players, or or if you acquired them, if you're uh, Danon or um, or Hunter Lee, I, I thought about those guys. Like, it it must be really bittersweet for them to see their old players go out and win a championship, right? Like, that's gotta hurt, no?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other like it it definitely does hurt. But, like, it's hard to sort of attach a numerical value to how much, you know, the different organizations increased, you know, their performance. Like, for example, 100 100 Thieves is by far, you know, a better org in terms of their available resources. Probably the time and effort they put into the league team. They have, you know, they have a guy like Papa Smithy who runs the show. They did bring in Reaper and Abadaga in Summer Split when they knew that this team had a ton of potential but weren't living up to it at the end of Spring Split. So, like you said, it is kind of bittersweet where you have, you know, three players who you basically made in closer FBI who and then now they just like absolutely wrecked the perceived two best teams in the league who have the best individual players and, play, and pay for the most and best individual players in Team Liquid and Cloud9.
0: Yeah, like you have the opposite ends, right? I think of someday being there for so long Finally, getting a big dub after people like you and myself, we we did very. We were very vocal about the doubts that we had for some day. He looked great this weekend. Like that's a good storyline right there. Like he stayed with his org for I don't know four years now. Maybe this is his fifth. I I don't even remember. And he finally got that W. Hookey, the huge turnaround. <laughs> this guy was washed. They gave the starting support spot on Golden Guardians to Keith McBrief before giving it to Hookey. Yeah, that's. Look at what this guy was insane this weekend. So like that's another really feels good storyline and then obviously Reaper getting revenge against Cloud9 Freeze I believe this is his first championship in North America. Papa Smithy since becoming a GM is for like holy crap. Obviously Nadeshot shot loved it. And then you then there's the sadness for guys like Demonte and Zix that get kicked. Like yeah. I don't know for me it was so so interesting thinking from all the, about all the different perspectives from all these people watching 100 Thieves win. And there's so many good storylines there that uh, I just can't pass up. And I, I hope people don't forget um, what this means to so many different people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll bring it up again, just cause like my fear is like, it, I feel like this team's kind of, like this team being 100 Thieves, like their overall image in the LCS, I feel like going forward will probably be tied to this international performance. And I feel like that's normally the case for all like usually is NA yeah. number one seed teams. I feel CS like there and are 06. yeah. I mean, I feel like there are a couple exceptions. Um, but especially when a new team kind of puts itself out there like this, like dude, like i, I just worried that like if they go to Worlds and you know don't live up to expectations, they're going to kind of have that like Alliance kind of factor. Like when Alliance was like like Fnatic was basically the super like was the best team in EU and it wasn't close, and then Alliance won and uh, at the end of season four. And I was like, oh my God, Alliance is like epic new team. They're going to be the team to beat now. They don't make it out of groups. They like rebrand and the org is basically dead within, you know, a couple splits. I'm not going to say that the org is dead at all, but I feel like, you know, a bad international performance and then therefore like mediocre LCS performances could just push the image back down to like apparel brand lull which is like kind of the memes on twitter that were kind of happening when 100 thieves was like really down in the dumps kind of like the bang afro mood days we won't talk about that though because they just won and <laughs> they're good now so uh, when a new no, like I get my, 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 your point though yeah. i get
0: your point because and look it, it's it's I hope people don't think that JNT is just being a Debbie down here. You're not, because this is actually what happens every year. Whereas people do like, it's great to win North America. Don't get, don't get us wrong here. But to your point, if they don't perform well at worlds, people will forget really quickly. Not everyone, but a lot of people will. And so I don't think you're being a downer. And I hope people don't think JNT is being a downer with this, because I think what you're saying is right.
1: Yeah. Cause, cause I think like, it, for example, if 100 thieves was the second or third seed and they, didn't play as well like it's obviously you know not as relevant if you're you know in a second or third seed and you're in a very hard group as opposed to being the first seed and having a perceived advantage because you don't have to face off against the number one eu team the number yeah. one lck team the number one LP- lpl team and i do i feel like I, maybe i do sound like a bit of a debbie downer in terms of like 100th success like i'm really glad for them i just I, i'm kind of like forecasting that like I feel like their LCS relevancy is going to be really dependent on this world's performance. And I think for their right. sake, happened... I want it to be good.
0: Yeah, and we saw what happened with TSM last year, whereas like the meme is 06. Now, that could maybe be... why. Well, I mean, it is enhanced because it is TSM, but I think the idea is still the same, that um, especially from international fans, I mean, North America is always the target. So uh people will tear you down if you don't perform well internationally and and to be fair it is what all of us want to see i i, I don't know if i speak for everyone here but i definitely f- speak for myself in saying that i am more interested in a team doing well internationally than winning north america that's just kind of how i am and it's yeah, to each I, their own how they feel about it but either way i'm still so happy for 100 thieves like like i said so many good storylines i won't name them all again because there's a bunch of them but it did feel good To see them win, it was really, really exciting, and it's nice to see some change in the LCS for who's taking the championships home. We're gonna see a new banner. Let's go.
1: Yeah, a new team banner. If there's like C9, TSM, Team Liquid, those couple CLG ones, and now it's like we got five of them now.
0: Ah, it it actually I I can't. It's so stupid. It's a banner, but I can't wait to see it because it's a new one. So it'll be that'll be really nice to see whenever that does happen. Uh, you want to move on? Yeah, sure. So. Last few weeks, we've done a ranking one to 10 for teams that were eliminated. And so we hadn't really planned on doing one this week. However, I will shout out, I think I'm saying his name right, Cygnus. Uh, He's in Twitch chat every once in a while. who said like, I can't wait to see what you guys rank this week for, I think it was Cloud9. And I said, well, we didn't really plan on doing that this week, but he said he really enjoyed it. So you know what? We're going to do it. And we're going to do it for all the teams anyways, even if they're not eliminated. We're going to run back the one to 10 ranking, 10 being you're really happy with, how the split went or how the year went. One being you're not happy with how the year went. Uh, I think we're gonna start with 100 Thieves, right? Yeah. So actually, and on that note, shout out to everyone that interacts with us on Twitter. I see people interacting with myself and JNT, and sometimes in Discord and all that stuff. And in Twitch chat, look, I can't name all the people and it would take forever to shout all you guys out, but we do really like the people that interact. Some people you leave YouTube comments. Uh, I think it's a good time to shout that out. While I'm shouting out one, I should shout out the rest because, uh, well, I don't know. Our community's pretty cool. It's small, but it's pretty. It's pretty awesome to have uh, some communication with you guys, and we always appreciate you guys reaching out. Now, let's get into the 100 thieves one. J and T, one to ten. Where did you put them?
1: Oh, despite my perception as a Debbie Downer, I mean, I think <laughs> you still got to go with ten because Absolutely. you know I did. I did tweet this out. Um, I think going into playoffs in my view, one hundred thieves felt like the least likely team to win it all out of you know the ones who were uh, uh, you know contending for the title which were cloud nine t s m team liquid evil geniuses, and then one hundred thieves I kind of felt like based on the trajectory of all these teams and even the outcomes of like the first couple playoffs matches like it just felt like it was probably gonna be Team Liquid. If not, it was probably gonna be Cloud9. And if not, it was probably gonna be because EG beat Cloud9 in the lower bracket because how hard EG had basically been dominating Cloud9. But, you know, in my books, 100 Thieves kind of flipped the script on everybody, ran through finals weekend, you know, I think, I would even call the season, you know, a success, even if they finished third or second in terms of like getting the seed, because I think, not that, I don't, I don't know if this was a worlds or bust team. I think it, it kind of was. I think
0: it was. I I was going to ask that as well, if you remembered what they wanted to do at the start of the year. Well,
1: I don't know about that, but when they did acquire Reaper and Abadagate, it still felt like a worlds or bust kind of move. But even at that time, like when they made that move and we went into summer split, like Cloud9 and Team Liquid were still much better teams and TSM was not far behind 100 Thieves because they beat them so dominantly in spring playoffs and TSM clearly kind of weren't that far below Cloud9 and Team Liquid at the time. And so like, I think it would have been not it wouldn't have been completely fine, obviously, because if you're 100 Thieves, you don't make worlds, you're pissed. But like, it would have been understandable if this team didn't make worlds instead of like a TSM or instead of an Evil Geniuses, just based on kind of the, how the season went. But for them to just like show up like this, win finals, closer playing and playing as insane as he is, FBI Huey as well, like it just has to be a 10 for me.
0: They, they got to ban Viego, man. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know how I don't know how that
1: champion is still like allowed being is like getting games played. Because yeah. it feels especially, like no matter what region closers, is
0: right, up. like especially with closer, like that, that guy is styling with VI. I mean, mind you, he was also pretty damn good on Lee and just about anything he played. His Diana was great, he even pulled some Olaf bands in the series as well. But, anyways, closer is really good. We, we've kind of talked about that a lot already. For me, I also went a 10 because I think, and someone if someone knows that I'm wrong here, feel free to correct me in the YouTube comments. But I think their goal was world, I'm pretty sure. Um, So if your goal is Worlds and you win the LCS, hell yeah, 10. Like, why not, right? Um, Especially with making some big changes in the middle of the season. Like, uh, they make these changes because they think they're going to work, right? You don't make a change if you think it won't work. But you can be nervous that it won't work. For example, perks came over and hasn't worked so far. But Abadage did, for the most part. And Reaper has, I mean, as far as we know, it has it looks like they're getting better as playoffs goes on so how can you go wrong there i i don't see how it could be anything lower than a nine but for me it's just a 10 i think they reached their goal and and got more out of it than just what their goal was so i had to give them a 10
1: yeah i think that that one was the easiest one and if uh,
0: well if anyone saw the videos that they put out on twitter with um popping champagne champagne bottles are trying to anyways I Abadage literally spiked a champagne bottle on the ground because he couldn't open it. You got Nate Shot who's like trying to carry a big speaker, but he's too hammered that it like he drops it and it falls Like I think they're they were pretty happy in their celebration. They were a little bit intoxicated, if you will.
1: Most likely. I would have been the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh let's go TL next.
1: Yeah, I think this one I think in my I had a opinion, hard
0: time with this one.
1: Yeah, but I mean I think I think it was hard to decide, but in all honesty, I think the options were pretty limited in terms of the score you could pick from.
0: What did you give?
1: I think I I, I ended up on like an eight. Okay. Because looking at the season, you pick up a player like Alfari, who is by far and away the best laner in the league. Um, they ultimately kind of didn't get it done at the end of things, and you know. Had a very disappointing series against 100 Thieves. They did look pretty depresso mode, uh, you know, on, like, the player cams during the games, like, right after the game ends with the confetti and everything, and then during their uh, post-game press conference, with the tactical, you know, getting a bit emotional, and Santorin kind of visually being pretty disappointed. But, like, despite all the struggles in Summer Split, they finished as the second seed. Um, It's honestly not that bad in the grand scheme of thing in terms of like, yeah, maybe their performances across the entire summer split weren't um, what they were hoping for in comparison to spring split when they were playing really, really well in spring split and were so close, you could argue a a Santorin migraine away from maybe winning uh, spring finals and representing NA to MSI there. Um, But like ultimately, you know, they finished as the number two seed in North America. Um, they had some really great playoff series against Cloud9, against TSM, and against 100 Thieves the first time around. And, you know, other than a bad finals, like, there's not much you can say was bad about the season in assumption that they've resolved all this drama.
0: Right, which we don't even know for sure, because, I mean, it, what was let I out was that have. it ended with Jat, but we technically don't know if that's true, because Cold was one of the coaches that Jat really wanted to bring in. And so, I mean, I, we're getting way too far into speculation on whether it does or I think it's exist all, anymore. I
1: think it's all good.
0: We think so. It, it definitely yeah. seems that way because they started to play really well. But anyways, I went with a 7. Um, so not far off from that you gave. I think that... I wonder if I would have given 8 if they lost like 3-2 or something. But look, okay, coming into the season, you probably want to go to Worlds. That's a given. But I do think TL wanted to win, and they didn't necessarily win but I, you can't call their season a failure so i don't i don't think you could definitely you couldn't give them anything 5 and lower uh for sure um but all the shit that they went through with the migraines like you said with having to replace coaches and with things really looking bad <sighs> being able to turn it on in playoffs all of a sudden and look really really good is something you have to be happy with it's just the 3-0 that probably takes it away from an 8 to a to a 7 and then if they win i probably just give them a 10 that's what they wanted you go into Worlds, you represent, like, I think you give them a 10, but they got absolutely stomped. And so it really leaves a sour taste in your mouth at the end of what was a miraculous season. Everything was going wrong, and then you turn it around, you're about to win, you're the favorite. Everyone thinks you're going to win, and then you get hard clapped. I had I had to go 7, but I, I wonder what other people think about this, honestly.
1: Yeah, I don't even know if, like, the result of the series would have affected my score. Like, even if it was, like, a close 3-2, it's hard to give them any worse or better score because it's like the same outcome at the end of the day but Obviously, it is how
0: they feel right getting 3-0 it is, is that's embarrassing you know
1: well i mean yeah but it's we're giving it's our score i don't yeah. care about they feel okay that's how i feel
0: okay <laughs>
1: sure all right uh we'll go cloud nine now yeah okay um i didn't think this one was that hard honestly just
0: really okay yeah i
1: I mean, I went with an eight as well.
0: Okay. Because wow.
1: similar to Team Liquid, I feel like it's hard to be super disappointed in yourselves. Um, I think you can obviously be dis- be disappointed in comparison to the results that you achieved in Spring Split. Obviously, winning the split uh, and going to MSI to represent Worlds. Obviously, MSI didn't. That's
0: true. Go MSI as does matter, though. It does. M-
1: MSI didn't go as expected. I still think Cloud9 was still like. Their, their performances were getting overshadowed by the Blabber ints because they did put up some really quality games against Damwon, RNG, and Mad Lions. And those had, had kind of been lost in the wind with their uh, mistakes that they were making in those games, which were bad mistakes, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I mean, looking at Summer Split, it was clear from the get-go that they weren't going to be as good as they were in Spring Split, or at the very least, it was going to take a lot of time. Because you don't just take a player out of your starting roster um, with one week into the season, one week until the start of the season, and expect things to go the same way that they did uh, in the previous season. And we kind of saw Cloud9 didn't really have much of an identity. They were still kind of struggling and trying to get their form back um, in those early parts of the split. Blabber was still not looking very very great. Um, but you know, the main thing I think you can take away from the season that was a really huge positive was that their big concern for all of 2021 which was fudge in terms of like, if this team is going to be a good team, their one big problem is going to be fudge. And it feels like that's not much of a problem anymore. And their problems are actually, you know, some of their more veteran players like Perks and like Blaber. But what, you know, gives, you know, a little bit of copium in my eight out of 10 score is that we have seen these players perform much, much better. And we have kind of seen like when the time comes and, you know, with enough preparation and, you know, it's hard to ignore Perks's world's performances over the last three years now. Um, three years uh, on G2 in Season 8, 9, and 10, how good that guy does play internationally. And, uh, you know, I think, honestly, like this is kind of the perfect scenario for Cloud9, because I think the way that they're looking right now, they need play-ins as a test for them to, one, prove that they belong there and kind of give them some warm-up games going into main stage, main stage if they make it there.
0: So you bring up some good points. Uh, the reason for me, it was actually really difficult to rank them, honestly. So I... Um... But anyways, I'm going to come out with it and just say I gave them a five. But my, so, uh, reasoning. So, I like the point about Fudge looking really bad and then turning out to be good as the split went on. The only thing is, for me, when I'm thinking about how happy they are, I think coming into the season, they didn't expect Fudge to be that bad to start. Um, Maybe you expect, you know, a new player to struggle, uh, but, I mean, he really, really struggled. And so, for me, the expectation before we had even seen him play was he shouldn't have been that bad. And, and obviously, you wouldn't replace Licorice unless you thought you had a good top laner. So
1: but at the, the same end, time, I don't think everyone was expecting him to be as good as he turned out to be.
0: Maybe. And, and I mean, sure. But regardless, I don't... Anyway, I don't think that... Um, for me, it doesn't start with after seeing him play bad to start, if that makes sense. Like, when I start, like how happy they are from where the season started, it's before they played games. So that's where I'm looking at it. So you have a good top laner. To me, that's probably about on par with where you want to be. Maybe a little bit better because, like you said, some people didn't think he would be that good. So that's fine. The other area that I struggle with is that I think going to MSI is a big thing to be happy about. But when they went there, a lot of their games were just so troll because Blabber's just inting for crab that sometimes you don't necessarily get much out of those games. So don't get me wrong. I'm sure they still definitely learn things. But I think. You're supposed to get more out of MSI than they probably did because a lot of their games were just hard trolling, uh, and I don't know if you get anything out of all of those games. So that's a problem.
1: Well, one, one, thing, the... one thing, if sorry, if go I can ahead. just say something here, yeah, one, go for it. Go for I, it. I think you know, you know, the reverse argument can actually be made that like it, it was good that they played bad at MSI because I think one of the main issues in Cloud9 in 2020, we're talking about a lot of you know the players on that team were saying that they didn't get that sort of kick in the ass at MSI
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, that they
1: probably got in 2021. So, you know, we, we could have seen, like, the same exact world where, like, in a, in a world where MSI doesn't happen and Cloud9 just kind of uses, has that same mentality and play style, it goes into summer 2021. Like, dude, they could just, like, flame out in playoffs again. So I think, you know, I think you're completely right, one, in saying that, like, yeah, you know, you went to MSI, it wasn't what you hoped, but at the same time, like, you did learn some lessons that you probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere else
0: yes and, and i'm gonna oversimplify this so just understand that when i say this this is an oversimplification but i do wish they walked away from msi with more lessons than oh just don't int that crab for <laughs> it and i know they yeah, did yeah. but a lot of you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, their main takeaway was that and that's that's where i'm a little bit
1: uh, upset that, that makes, for them. that, that makes sense
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um but anyways, as far as your expectation coming into the year, I don't think Worlds is is all of what they wanted. I think they expected to win uh, the split. Now, mind you, they did win Spring. I don't want to forget about that, right? But I think by the end, you expect to be the best team. And I don't really think they're even close to being the best team. I think they're definitely third. I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, you could make the argument that TSM is just as good because that series was really close. Um, I would take C9, but the point is, you were one game away. Like, they th- they were one game difference of complete failure. And so that's where I can't give them a 7 or an 8. They barely scraped by. Your star player is looking like maybe your worst player. Um, so I- I'm really afraid for them. Now, they've got about a month to turn things around. And, and I-, I mentioned this on Hotline tonight, that if you have a good world performance, no one cares anymore, myself yeah. included. Like... It- that's what you really want is the world performance, so it can be salvaged, but what you've got so far isn't anything crazy to be super excited about, and so that's why I say five because I think anything below a five is you're not happy, and anything above a five is you're happy. I think they're kind of meh. Like we expect to go to worlds anyways, and so the the rest of their season will definitely rely on the world's performance as it should be. As
1: it yeah, is. I think where our score lines kind of differ on like kind of the team Liquid like and Cloud9 front is like you know you were kind of you were taking to score with you know that team's um expectations themselves where i felt like i was going more of like a what i was seeing on the screen in terms of their performance and whatnot relative to that because i think people kind of recognize that you know in the summer split cloud nine wasn't the best team and i think you know at the end of it to get out and make worlds uh with your with a couple of your players looking as bad as they were um is a good thing and um uh, it it doesn't it doesn't matter how you get to worlds it's that you make worlds and yeah, okay. like you said if you're if you're a good team the performances will will shine through and i think honestly with the situation that we have for cloud nine right now i think they're in the best case possible scenario where they're the third seed they're kind of like the underdog they don't have this kind of pressure and expectation on them like they did at MSI when they were like looking like such a strong team and they're going to have these kind of warm up series and uh, you know be able to get a bit battle tested before they get yeah, thrown into the wolves against like number one number two lpl lck teams
0: so i will say that i actually am worried i I think they will get out of plans plans but i will admit that i am worried that they won't if i were to predict i'm saying they're getting it. just to be clear but uh yeah god they uh they're not impressing me right now and they've yeah. got a long ways to go
1: now, what i will say is oh just qu- what no, i no, will no, say about uh ahead. world's plans is it-, it is designed pretty much so that the lowest seeds from the major regions it's it's designed so that they can get out and it does take some really really bad performances to not get out mad lions 2020
0: we, Yeah, we saw um, mad lions not but i mean out.
1: other than that like that was like only the first time that a major uh like a, a bottom seed from a major region didn't make it out of plans so right it, it, while I expect them to get it as well, I think it would be very surprising. and like that would be like a pretty big failure if Cloud Nine didn't make it out. I feel like specifically on cloud nine, it, it it it's very tied to their world world's performances.
0: One last thing that I did want to get into before moving on to other things is I, I talked about this on Hotline League tonight, and j I wanted your opinion. Uh, there was a lot of uh, lot of reactions, a lot of people really liked it, a lot of people really didn't like it. So I thought, well, then why not bring this controversy over to our podcast? Here is my take, JNT. Uh, as I wrote in the Discord, it is, It's time we accept that the Perk signing has been a huge disappointment. His good performances are too few and far between. This does not mean he can't turn things around and erase it all with a good Worlds performance, but he's got a long way to go at this point. Uh, my reason for the take is is not to hate on perks, but for fair accountability for all players. And then I went in to say that things like, like if I uh, I made the point that if Jazuke was playing the same way, people would be like, oh, coin flip. But like, I don't see that out of perks. And I don't think the accountability is there for perks. And so I wanted your take on it. Am I being too harsh? Not harsh enough? What do you think?
1: I just think like, the, the story's not over yet, so we can't make yep. a definitive statement.
0: Yeah, and-, in, in, and a, in, a I... world,
1: in a world where Cloud9 flames out of worlds, let's say they make it out of plans, but they do bad in the group stage and they don't make it out. I, I don't know, what was your wording? Do you say disappointment or failure?
0: I said has been a huge disappointment. I would has think- been. And then I said his good world performance, or, or a, a good world's performance could erase all of it is basically yeah, what
1: I I I think you kind of answered in the question you're like yourself there. Like if Cloud Nine has a good worlds performance, I don't think anybody's gonna care about how Summer Split went down. Like you're you're gonna be judged on your worlds performances and yeah, you know, I think there's still a world where like Cloud Nine can get in like a group of death scenario where they have two of the best teams um in the world in their group and like they go three and three or something and don't make it out. Like I think obviously everyone is gonna tie, you know results to a player's performance but like you know it's i feel like when you're at this level you kind of have to separate like your team's performances from a player's performance because like players can have a really good worlds and not make it out like perks yep. can have a really really good worlds and you know it's other failures on the cloud nine front like let's say you know blabber's a huge problem at worlds or fudge is a huge problem at worlds and you know perks is actually one who's playing very very well at worlds and maybe they don't make it out like it's hard for me to say that it's a disappointment because while he didn't maybe have the domestic success that he wanted in the summer split like they won spring they went to msi you know he might have gone to worlds and had a really good world so i do think mm-hmm. that a lot of you know the the final grade of na perks it'll be decided by worlds and i think ultimately you know it'll be a pretty good indicator for cloud nine if they want to keep going with perks uh considering how much money he probably costs. I would have right. to think that, you know, if Cloud9 Flame Out of Worlds, it'd be pretty hard to justify, well, Flame Out of Worlds and Perks is a bad performance. It would be pretty hard to justify him keeping him on your team when you, right. if, if, if you think that that money can be spent elsewhere, either, you know, getting uh, just as good of a mid laner or cheaper, and then maybe using that to bolster up some of your other roles if they underperform, like in, in, in a world where like another Cloud9 member shits the bed and they want to move on from him, something like that. So it's, I don't know. I don't think I'm yet ready to make a definitive statement, but I think the current path that we're on, that could be an accurate statement.
0: Yeah, and what do you think about the accountability side? Do you think that he's been held accountable by fans and by the uh, the analysts and whatnot?
1: I mean, that that's hard to say because, you know... Uh, to kind of quote Fudge here a little bit, like, a lot of the people who are doing a lot of this, like, outcry about players and player performances, like, dude, their opinions are, like, kind of bad sometimes.
0: (laughs) The Fudge classic. Yeah,
1: like, I don't know, man. Like, if, on my own end, like, I feel like on this show, we've talked a lot about how Perks is playing badly. So, in in terms of us two, I would say we're holding Perks pretty accountable for, you know, Cloud9's performance. But... You know you do look at some of the like super copium takes that are on Twitter or are on YouTube that are even from like people on the l c s analyst desk like you kind of see it in like their really troll like completely dog shit like power rankings of players which i I feel like anytime any personality comes out with one of those we're always like wow this is like so wrong on so many levels and it does feel like perks you know I don't think he's been getting some flame but I don't think as much as like we give him on this show you know what i mean kind of
0: yeah i i definitely think that we do but of course like that's there's bias there right like i think it's more up to our listeners to decide if we're being fair or unfair when it comes to well honestly anyone for that matter but where i like in that same way i look at like double if sneaky and Medios, for example and i think they are being fair like when perks makes a bad play they're like perks is trolling here yeah. like and i think they do a good job The fans, however, I actually don't, and that doesn't mean everyone. I know there's probably people listening going like, I've been very critical, Well, like not everyone. But what I do see is a lot of people that are upset that Perks isn't getting praise when he makes a nice play. And it's like, dude, those plays are too few and far between for for me to give praise to a player when I see him running it down more than carrying. So that's where like, and that's where I get a little bit fired up about this is that it's like if the name plates were off and it was another player, I don't think people would be defending him as much and so it's not a I hate perks but I do think players should be treated equally as far as their gameplay is concerned and so Uh that that's where the frustration comes from me and that's why I made the take in the first place. But clearly a lot of people didn't agree with it. I I think more people agreed with it by the looks of Twitch chat, but uh, there was definitely some people that didn't. Let's put it that way.
1: What I will say is I think he's been getting the rightful criticism in terms of his performances, like actual gameplay performances. But it does sort of feel like there is this thing where whenever people do talk about perks, it's like, oh, but playoff perks. Or, yes. but you know, worlds like Perks at Worlds, and, and we've brought a playoff yeah. Perks too, though. But, like, but I mean, I, I think that's totally a fair argument to make. It's just the longer and longer that he continues to underperform, the worse that argument and sort of narrative becomes. So, yeah. like, if Perks does have a bad Worlds and he's like a big problem for Cloud Nine at Worlds, whether it be plans, whether it be made stage, I like, then you really kind of you know you got to look at it and be like, hey. This guy was just playing bad and like you know, he didn't turn it on and his, the magic wasn't there.
0: Yeah. Couple quick points uh that I want to make before we move on. One is uh, I just want to remind people that Cloud9 let go of Niski for him, who's been looking pretty good in Europe and definitely looked better when he was here. So that's, that's a quick space analysis. Sure. I mean, that's what it is though. We're talking about their results and well they haven't looked like he hasn't looked good. That's we're we're literally discussing results, right? So it sh- yeah, like it should be. Um, the other thing is, what was my other point? Mm, oh yeah, the the post that there was a Reddit post or something about accountability. Just to be clear, I did not see this post whatsoever, so I don't know what was in. I don't I don't know anything about it. I know Vettius made a tweet saying he didn't like the post. I don't even know what was in it because it was taken down. So for people, if you think Blue Jays all for this Reddit post, I don't even know what the Reddit post was. So I have no idea. Yeah, just to throw that out there be clear
1: yeah it's
0: not saying for or against it i don't know what it was
1: I, I don't know what it was either but i did hear some talk about it
0: yeah the post was taken down so i mean maybe it's somewhere on the internet still usually when something's on the internet it doesn't go away but i i, I haven't found it so anyway there's that uh do you want to move on to uh pika sure, yeah Let's talk about speak up. First of all, this guy's fucking hilarious. I mean that's a total side note and has you... nothing to do with anything.
1: Okay, this is like kind of off topic, but there's kinda of like this new one of the new memes, you know how like when people like you know, like message somebody on Discord like, Hey, can I vent to you? And it's like, you know, people say vent as in like, you know, let off some steam and like, you know you know, like you normally you're gonna shit talk somebody and then everyone like throws up the among us venting thing and I've seen like so many I've seen so many screenshots of it on Twitter and even like in my own friend group of like people doing it like dude like one happened to tommy like did you see that on twitter yes a good friend oh, of ours oh my hilarious. god that was
0: hilarious so good because you and know he, did. and
1: speak of, did it that, it's to bjergsen oh that was so yes. funny
0: okay bjergsen is the perfect perfect guy to do it to as well like yeah. first of all it's bjergsen like everyone knows this guy but also bjergsen has been he said in the past he doesn't like social media and he doesn't really go on it that often so it doesn't surprise me that bjergsen doesn't doesn't know that this exists and speak yeah. is just hilarious that guy's just a great troll so it was like it's too good knowing Spika and knowing bjergsen that like anyways i just absolutely loved it but the reason why we're bringing up Spika is because he got the MVP vote, as we expected, right? I think that was pretty
1: obvious. Yep, I think uh, after we saw the results of the All Pro voting, it was pretty much like it was it was going to be Spika for MVP. It was clear. And I
0: like we said, we said last week that we didn't think he was like he wasn't our MVP, but that doesn't I think mean that he close. didn't have a good season. Yeah, yeah I, it think, I mean think it was yeah
1: like it was like sixty forty, fifty five forty five for closer and Spika in my books. And I think, you know, there is a lot of like hindsight kind of talk going on right now because of how hard closer was smurfing this weekend it's like right oh well like uh, closer was could have been mvp as well it's like yeah but it's regular season but yeah like uh, man like but closer had a really good regular while, season though, yeah man. like yeah, we've been we we said this, this.
0: for uh, yeah so like i don't feel bad about saying it now i think my my ballot would have gone jazuke then closer then spika but again that's not a really a knock to spika in my opinion it's more like i just thought that those other guys were really fucking good um, but anyways, it, it's really nice to see Speaker win it, just because, I don't know, I'm a fan. Like, I love Speaker. He's hilarious. I love him. Love but him. I
1: will say, uh, TSM, they have they've, they've not put out their newest TSM Legends episode.
0: You can't so wait on, to man. get on that.
1: I am going to salivate watching that. <laughs>
0: it's going to yeah. be great. Uh, a lot of people can't wait to see that one. There's a lot of people that want to see them struggle in their TSM Legends. But yep.
1: anyways, let, let's get to
0: our awards, right? Pop off. You yeah. or me?
1: Uh you go first.
0: Uh if it wasn't obvious it was closer but I'll be more specific. I thought his game 2 was amazing in the C9 series. I had already picked him for pop off at that point. He just carried the rest of the weekend and looked amazing the rest. I know you, T didn't really like uh, his game 2 that much. I thought it was I unbelievable. I that I didn't I like his season. game
1: 2. I just didn't think Sorry, it was I should like...
0: Say, not as much as I liked it. I it say. just wasn't
1: I like, like you made it sound like it was some like worldly performance that was like, oh my god, it Beast was, Mode, Beast man. Mode. like It, it was, was
0: Beast Mode, in my opinion. Anyways. It was like a
1: 43 minute game in which he was doing stuff for like end of those 43 minutes.
0: Dude, his picks were so They were good. They were good. insane, man. And there was so many of them. Anyways, we we obviously that we disagree. That's fine. That's not not the first time, not the last time. So, anyways, I went with Closer's game 2, Lee Sin. That was to me the most impressive thing of the weekend. What did you go with?
1: I I'm going to have to go with someday because I was shitting on him. I, I don't know. Maybe not shitting on him, but I think I was heavily criticizing him because I did think that he was going to be one of the factors that kind of held 100 Thieves back. Um in the playoffs, because I think I was quite worried for him going up against uh, players like Fudge and players like someday. And I think you know, he just did a solid job of of playing defensive and doing what he needed to do while still having great impact in team fights because I think recently someday has been sort of a player who, isn't the strongest in lane, but also isn't really having a lot of impact in these fights. But you did kind of see in both the series against Cloud9 and against Team Liquid, yeah, you know, Fudge and Alfari were able to gain advantages in lane, but someday was like heavily able to outvalue, out-value those advantages gained by his opponents in lane by plays around the map and by, you know, having impact in team fights. I thought the Shen pick in that first game uh, in the series against Delfari in the finals was really, really good. Uh, that champion seemed to just be non-existent uh, other than that one core J support game. I can't remember the last time we saw Shen. I think it was probably most likely impact playing it at some point in the regular season, but I that was
0: and the core yeah. JJ, but
1: yeah, but I think that was like a super creative pick that I wasn't really yeah. expecting. And I think he did a lot of work on. Um, yeah. I just thought, you know, while relative to, my perceptions of Someday and his performances in the past, I think this weekend was really good out of him.
0: That's I'll commendable.
1: Him, yeah, I'll, I'll eat my words on that one and give him some credit.
0: You get a pop-off, JNT. I, I respect you giving the guy his due uh, after you were, and I was also critical of him. But yeah, respect. Bean Soup. Uh, I had a couple of ways that I could go with this. Another, neither one was on the riff. Um, I guess I'll just say both of them real quick. The yeah. Meteos stream, I don't know if you knew about that, but he couldn't get his stream up. And as you guys know, Medios fanboy wanted to watch the Medios stream. I mean, I still watch Doublelift and Sneaky, which is still great, but that was disappointing. The other thing, and this is the one that I really thought was bean soup, was the sixth man thing.
1: Oh, no. That Shut was
0: up. weird. Like, they're trying to steal the, the football thing from the Seattle Seahawks, like the 12th man. It For was like, don't yeah. Know,
1: well, for people that, know, people that don't know, really don't know at all, if you were watching LCS, and I assume you were, if you're watching this in the first place, um, basically you've kind of you've noticed how they're always like showing a bunch of uh, Verizon sponsored tweets at the bottom of the screen throughout the series. And for the finals weekend, was it even just this weekend, or has it been all playoffs? But basically, they had this hashtag. I think it was just this weekend. I think, I think, it, was I think it was just this weekend, weekend. weekend as well. But I mean, uh, since they've started doing this, it's been Verizon sponsored but they did this specific hashtag for the finals weekend called sixth champion. And it's basically a play on the Seattle Seahawks who are in the NFL, whose fans are basically classified as the 12th man, because there's 11 players on the football field at any given time. And being and loud so, is a big advantage in football. Yeah. So like home team. You're helping it's the like,
0: team. Yeah.
1: But like, for esports it's like you're tweeting on social media like the players don't even see or hear that it's like on the broadcast screen it's annoying the hashtag sucks it's like oh man
0: that ain't no sixth champion because i made a tweet let me tell you (laughs) i appreciate the effort from the lcs but it's pretty like it's kind of cringe not gonna lie it's a bit cringe i always give the lcs credit for trying things i just think they swung and missed here you know they're trying new stuff that's okay this ain't it, in my opinion, anyways. Maybe some people really liked it, I don't know. Anyways, what was your bean soup?
1: Um, I kind of just had to give it to, like, the finals. Like, it just wasn't, like... Mm. I feel like... It was one of the worst finals of all times in terms of, like, expected results and performance and entertainment. Like, again, not to be a Debbie Downer, because I feel like I'm doing it a lot this episode.
0: Well, I but think like, that's more of a TL bean soup, if you ask me. 100 uh, Thieves came to fucking play, man.
1: That's fair enough. Okay, that that is, that is fair enough. But I just meant, like, as a fan watching the series, like, I didn't have, like, yeah. I didn't care who won the series. I think going into it, I was expecting TL to 3-0 them. Based off of TL's previous performances and 100 Thieves, you know, decent performance since Cloud9, but I, like I said, I felt like it was more Cloud9 screwing up. I felt like we were going to get a really entertaining series, and the only other series, the only other finals that I can think was like. Lowest in terms of entertainment value was like the previous Team Liquid versus 100 Thieves finals from like season 8 spring because it does kind of feel like when summer rolls around, we always have these really, really hype finals that mean so much in terms of any number one, number two seed, storylines, like previous battles and playoffs and whatnot. But like, man, like it just, I, I think you are right a little bit that like TL not showing up did make it kind of bean soup. So I guess if I were to have to refine. I bean soup a little bit it is kind of TL for not really showing up in the playoffs so i guess it's that but like entertainment value wasn't there for me
0: no and, and i get what you're saying the entertainment value wasn't necessarily there because we only saw three games but like that that's kind of the point that i'm trying to make is that to me that happened because of team Liquid. yeah no Definitely i i I,
1: I, think, I think you're right
0: yeah, so I, I guess the bean soup has to go to them because I think they pretty much underperformed everywhere. I will say I still thought Alfari looked good because yeah. he was getting his leads in lane, but again, he's getting the counter pick pretty much all the time, and so you're supposed to get that, but when it comes to playing through Alfari, the team couldn't do that, and that's where they struggled. And so Yeah, I agree yeah, I I, I with that. Alfari looked pretty good, and yeah, everywhere else they just didn't. Jensen was kind of a non-factor. His TF was kind of useless. He blew uh the, the he blew. Uh, yeah, he Diego's blew. That was it. He blew the Viegos flash in the jungle on one play with his TF Ulti. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I don't really remember much else, much else good happening there. So yeah, pretty disappointing. There. Uh, you want to move on? Yep. What's next?
1: Uh, we got our international update part three. Uh, because as we mentioned, world is approaching. Uh, pretty much is going to be like, I think it's the, it starts the last week of September. And play and start they haven't ever they haven't released dates or anything like that um we do know now that worlds is going to be held in iceland again uh, basically they're kind of what i would assume is they're going to reuse the whole msi setup type thing presumably there's going to be no fans like i don't think we've actually gotten word on that if there was
0: would, fans they wouldn't go to iceland right
1: i mean yeah, true. If there was fans, they would probably yeah. That is If you wanted fans in the building, you'd probably go to you'd Berlin, go to...
0: I think. <laughs> that is
1: a good assumption that I think we can roll with. So yeah, they're going yeah. to Iceland. That what we do know is that they are going to Iceland again. Um and from what I remember, like the MSI setup was super nice. Um I remember yeah, I, I thought the the venue was nice. I thought the look of the broadcast was nice. Um I think though that they still were doing the studio broadcast out of the LEC. So it was kind of like a remote oh, broadcast yeah. in that sense, but it didn't feel like that at all, which was good. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, if if we're picturing what Worlds 2020 is going to look like, I think MSI, you know, it being in the same location, same setup, I assume, I think it'll be all good. Like, I, I'm expecting good <gasps> things.
0: I'm so excited, man. I can't. I freaking love Worlds. I can't wait.
1: All right. So uh, what are the um, teams? Well, finals, finals are sort of concluding all around the world. Um, the only one that's not finished yet um, is the LPL because they have their final between FPX and EDG. Uh, edg made the lower bracket run after dropping early to uh, we um they lost them 3-2 and then ran through the lower bracket beat we again beat lng they're in the finals against fpx both of them are already going to worlds based off of making the finals winner goes as number one seed loser goes as number two seed um and then the remaining two seeds are decided through the regional qualifiers which I, if i remember correctly the teams involved in that are rng we lng and Rare oh. Adam.
0: I, 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 is that like you know, or you guess? guessing? Yes. No, I I, I'm, know. <laughs> well, it, I
1: I looked this up yesterday, and if I, my okay. memory serves me correct, and then the way that it works is, oh shit, I don't remember who's playing who. I think RNG is playing Rare Adam, and then LNG is playing WE. The two winners then face each other, and those winners will auto-go to Worlds, and then the winners play each other. Winner goes as third seed, loser goes as fourth seed. It's hard to explain. The LPL's playoff bracket and regional bracket is really fucking stupid like if you just look at it like there's just so many matches that they have to play but what you need to know FPX EDG are going as 1 2 and then the remaining two spots are going to be decided between those four teams of RNG You said rare RNG
0: adam. WE are playing each other right
1: I think I said and RNG is I think playing... I I think I said RNG swing rare adam
0: No I I got it here so okay. RNG is playing WE Okay. And LNG is playing Rare at them is what okay. uh, yep. LOL dot fandom the yeah. lol League
1: people yeah yeah think. so but but the way it works is the <laughs> the winners from those two series will go to Worlds and then they'll play each other for seeding between third and fourth yeah um
0: and, yeah. and the finals is this week for like their like EDG FPX yep. finals and that's on Thursday I believe yes Thursday morning like five a.m. EST so that's like two a.m. yes PST I believe that's the times Let me yes check yes Thursday, september 2nd so that's coming really soon that should be hella hype i gotta watch that i gotta catch up on some lpl man and by watch it you mean watch it LCP live or, or
1: watch it just like watch the series
0: uh i don't know because at this point i'm staying up really late uh so maybe i'll watch it live i don't know
1: damn apparently podcast, apparently i will dominate this. this what uh, well, I was going to say, apparently, I Will Dominate's... I don't know if he's casting it or if he's on the analyst desk for the English mm-hmm. broadcast, but he's involved in it some sort. He posted about it, it on social media just, like, a couple hours ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I might be watching it live. When we do this podcast, uh, for those that don't know, we're we're recording right now. It's 2.30 in the morning. And then it's got to be uploaded and stuff like that, which T does after. But, so, like, I don't know. I've been saying it up pretty damn late, I guess is what I'm saying. So maybe maybe i'll be watching it live i, I don't know at this point
1: already um so lpl should be exciting still like four best of fives that they need to play out to decide world seeding. so like i said there's still a ways to go on that however um lec uh they're finished now they they pretty much follow the same schedule as lcs um if you guys didn't tune into the lec you missed some really great series uh this weekend um even though yes. they I think the finals was pretty competitive, uh, but it was pretty clear that Mad Lions was the best team. And then the uh, the losers' finals was kind of similar to our NA finals, where it was just a stomp.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect Fnatic to to beat Rogue. I, I thought, I mean, I think I, did I think thought they Fnatic had a good chance. Good, but I, I definitely thought that Rogue was going to win it. And they, dude, Fnatic is so fun to watch. Okay, let me just say that, guys. If you don't watch Europe yet, just watch Fnatic games, man. They're Freaking psychos. They fight everything and I love it. They are so fun to watch. Yeah, uh, so... Isaang is beasting lately. That guy's insane. Uh yeah, anyways, I guess I, I I go on and on and on, but I'm excited for worlds and I think it's pretty obvious at this
1: yeah. point. So if uh if you didn't see uh Mad Lion, they won the finals against Fnatic 3-1. They're the number one seed for LEC. Number two seed is Fnatic, number three seed is Rogue. They got 3 by Fnatic. Think that like for for people who don't watch LEC, this is the comparison that I'll make because I think it's a fairly accurate comparison. It feels okay. like Mad Lions and Fnatic are these crazy aggressive LPL teams and Rogue is this like your classic LCK team who likes to sit back, not super active early game and kind of scale.
0: That's what I would say we've seen lately, but I wouldn't have said that about Rogue a month ago. Um yeah. But I think the the comparison is fair. They are really struggling to make things happen. Early on, so that the, the comparison isn't wrong, it's just it's it's kind of fresh is what I would say,
1: no, but I think it even i think that assessment of rogue in my view kind of like was the same last time we saw them at worlds, like they weren't the super aggressive early game team, but was very good mm-hmm. at team fighting um and kind yeah, of yeah I like last
0: year's rogue is way different though
1: uh, it, it was different, rogue. yeah,
0: but anyway, what's next yeah. damn one damn one right yeah going
1: well, we got lck lck finished up uh early on in the weekend, I think their finals was on Saturday. Um or I guess yeah, Saturday morning. Um Dan One won against T one, three to one. So Dan One's going as the number number one seed. Gen G is actually going as the number two seed number based two, off uh, championship points. I think the LCA they're the only region that still does like the championship points thing. Uh, no,
0: LPL does. That's what their their gauntlet thing is for.
1: Oh, I thought I was. Or at just least like... it says
0: at least it says championship points and regional finals is what it says on the League thing. So maybe I'm getting confused. I don't know.
1: Okay. Well Nevertheless, Gen.G going number two seed uh, off of points. And then uh, T1, they have made Worlds, but their seeding is not yet decided because the way that the LCK gauntlet works is T1 is the final boss in the gauntlet, but if you make it to the last match of gauntlet, you've already made Worlds, and you know winner goes as third seed, loser goes as fourth seed. So at the very least, we are going to see T1 at Worlds. Um, if it's fourth seed, then that means that they're going to go to play-ins. If they're third seed, that means they'll auto-go through to the main stage.
0: And then Sandbox, Live Sandbox, Afrika Freaks, and Hanwa are still going through the gauntlet. There's still hope boys, for Chovi. Your Hanwa boys can still make it. I'm
1: going to be honest. They're not going to win. They're probably going to get <laughs> 3-1 in the first series. But there's still hope for Chovi.
0: Dude, Africa and Live Sandbox have actually been good teams. Like, yeah, they're the not LCK, bad. I will say they're, they're, a, a lot of people are looking at the region as worse this year. And I think it's because their top team isn't like, like, Damn One was way more dominant in spring. And so I think people think that they fell off. But like, I will say that like, teams like th- their one through like six were all good teams. Like, one and six were not very far apart. And so it's like this weird thing where maybe their ceiling isn't as high, but like, the The floor is definitely not as low as a six seed should be i,
1: mean, also, Han Weiss. I don't I don't know if I like is Nongshim like actually not in the regional is are they not in the gauntlet at all
0: no, I thought they are so
1: i i sure I didn't write them down, I just wasn't sure sure. Because I remember like they I'm only checking. finished they only'm pretty finished sure they are third but, fourth and they didn't make playoffs in and...
0: they're the second. Last final boss. So Hanwa Life play Live Sandbox, and then the winner of Hanwa and Live Sandbox play Nongshim. I didn't even realize their name was missing. Oh,
1: yeah, I, I yeah just realized that their and, name. And... I I would think that based off their summer performance that they would at least be in it, but I, I guess I just forgot to write them down.
0: Yeah, no, and they've looked really good too. They finished third, but I yep. think they finished like Peanut? tied for first as far as standings go. What's yeah, peanuts that? looking good again.
1: What's the what's the guy that you like from there? Duck Dam.
0: Dom. <laughs> <laughs> They're eighty carry. He's great. I like him a lot. Yeah, so anyways, the winner of the Nongshim versus either Hanwha or Live Sandbox will go on to play T1 in the Gauntlet Finals, and that'll decide the seeding. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, One region I did not put down here, but I was reading about earlier that I will mention because they're a very relevant region, I would say. Um, The PCS, uh, they just finished, I believe, this morning, and uh, PSG Talon actually got their revenge uh, in the Grand Finals against Beyond Gaming who Beyond Gaming actually beat them earlier in the playoffs and sent PSG Talon to the lower bracket. PSG Talent, if you didn't know, you probably shouldn't know because PCS is not a very popular region um, in terms of NA people. They basically smurfed the entire regular season, similar to what they did in Spring Split when they went to MSI and had a really great MSI performance. Uh, they did that again in Summer Split. Um, they were the big favorites to win it. Uh, it was a pretty big upset when Beyond Gaming actually beat them in the winner's finals of playoffs. And then, you know, yeah. they ramped to the lower bracket, beat them again in a five-game series. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, Beyond Gaming was actually the team that uh, their sub AD carry from MSI, uh, Doggo, was playing for. So he played for PSU Talon at MSI. He actually was the Beyond Gaming AD carry. So we're going to see Doggo at Worlds again. And then we're also going to see all of PSU Talon with their regular AD carry Unified, who was...
0: Dude, I can't believe PSG went 18-0 and 0 in Summer Split. And then... Yeah actually then beyond gaming took them to five games in both of their series
1: yep three two so beyond gaming they're 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 not don't sleep on them plans yeah Yeah. uh
0: the world's 2022
1: jnt spill it i'm spilling it yeah okay well um for us na boys over here world is happening in na 2022. Yes, man. We were t- I feel like we were, t- we, were t- we were talking about this last week how like we were really hoping that NA didn't doesn't isn't going to get screwed out of another world.
0: I had no faith, man. I thought we were so screwed. Now, I mean, let's be on let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here, man. Plans can get canceled. COVID, who knows how many variants of that there's going to be. So, yeah. I guess let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but for now they planned to stay in North America, and that is exciting. Uh they're going to go to four different cities they haven't said which ones yet j t where are they going, man?
1: Well, obviously, it's obviously one, one's going to be, finals is probably going to be in LA at the Staples Center. You got to have LA and
0: New York probably. I would assume
1: right? the semifinals are going to be in New York at MSG because how can you not have an event at MSG? So I would think that those are probably the only two places that are for sure. Because if I from what I remember, um, they did MSI that one time in like Florida, in like Tallahassee or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe oh, that. maybe it was All-Stars actually. Sorry. Maybe it was that. They've done All-Stars okay. also in Vegas before.
0: Um yes, so that would be I kind remember. of interesting.
1: Uh in Worlds 2016, they went to Chicago,
0: right? And San Francisco. Yes,
1: in least. San Francisco. And from what I remember, when they went to Chicago, they had like some real shit venue with like not a lot of people. So hopefully if they go back to Chicago, pick a better venue than that. Cause it was like, kind of like a theater with like two to three K seating, which I was like, well, that sucks. I love
0: Chicago. I've been, I, I really liked Chicago, but fuck Chicago. Come to Toronto, please. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm hoping that they would go to Toronto because I do think that, you know, they would get a lot of people to come uh, if it was held at uh, the uh, Jesus called the Scotiabank Arena now. Cringe.
0: Yeah, where the Maple Leafs play, dude. The thing is, I wonder if there's a way that they could have it at the Rogers Centre. That's where the Blue Jays play, and they be cool. you could fit like you could fit like fifty thousand people in that building.
1: Yeah. If cool. they're
0: going, like the thing is, if they're going, like I don't know how much like the population of the city matters, like how many people are there. Because I feel like no matter what, you're gonna fill out, right? Oh, but, well, like, yeah. Toronto's a bigger city than Chicago, so I don't know if well matters. the GTA not is, by a lot, but not by a lot, but
1: yeah, the, the GTA is for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
0: please come to Toronto, please.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of North American fans are hoping that some form of Worlds will be in their respective areas so they can A-area, go. Yeah. Because you know, myself, I've been to two LCS finals before, and I mean, don't get me wrong; those are super, super exciting. Worlds would be so Insane. much better.
0: I don't know how I'm going to make it there, but I'll find a way. <laughs> I gotta a- find exa- a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, the thing is, they could go to Texas, too. Like, I feel like Texas want, needs an event, right? Did they get one yet?
1: Well, no, but we're about to say <laughs> something about that a little bit later.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't... I mean, maybe. Does, but <laughs> uh Yeah, anyways, they're they're coming to North America. I'm done Come, going come to the, think of
1: it, though, it would be pretty insane if they had them in, like, the AT&T Center in Dallas, because that stadium, yeah. it's, like, newly built. It's fucking huge. And they That's already the Cowboys have. Cowboys one? Yeah, I went there in 2015 um, to a Cowboys-Jets game, and the the like huge TV they have like mounted to the top is like it's like I don't remember how big they said the screen was, but it's fucking huge. Like it's mm-hmm. like perfect for putting like League of Legends up there or something like that. Like it's just like on all four sides, it's just like fucking huge.
0: Yeah. Anyways, I, I'm I'm too excited. I, I hope they don't let us down. Uh, All right, we got other quick news.
1: Yeah, we got some quick news. Uh, not, a, not a whole lot. Uh, some uh, venue stuff, that uh, like I said, we'll get into. First off, um, Riot announced this new program that they're doing called LCS Game Changers, which they're trying to increase, you know, some female esports players, specifically league related.
0: Yeah, a lot of people in the scene um, have been pretty vocal that they don't think that females get their fair shot into getting into the LCS, and so this is a method to make that happen. They're going to get some, I believe, LCS-level coaching and, and analysts and stuff like that, and I believe the idea is to have 10 players, and by the end, you could have two, five... Uh, five people, or five uh, person teams, and then you could do a 5v5, five, and I think there's supposed to be an event or something like that. I, d- I don't know much more about it than that.
1: Yeah, I think from what I remember reading about it, it's just going to be fairly small, ten players, two teams of five, and, you know, some some LCS resources mixed in, in there. Right. Uh, Alright, next up. This one's kind of interesting and kind of uh, out of left field. I don't think a lot of people were expecting this, um, but the <laughs> LCS is apparently going to partner... With the creators of american vandal on paramount plus to make a mockumentary tv series about the lcs and for the people who don't know what the hell american vandal is what i will say is um i did watch the first season of it and as i kind of mentioned it's a basically a mockumentary which is kind of like if you don't know what that means if you know what like the satires genre is of movies it's like that but documentary format so it's like kind of a meme thing um, the first season that they, they that they ever did of American Vandal was like this documentary that was surrounded um, by a bunch of like penises that were being drawn at this high school, and it was like pretty funny. It was like a it was like a I feel like each episode was about half an hour and it was ten episodes. So would
0: it almost be? I just thought of this now. Would it almost be kind of like Borat? Yeah, kinda. Like he goes to America.
1: And... Kinda. I mean, like that style of you know. Okay. Yeah. Not. It's not going to be, like, Borat at all, but, I mean, that style of, like, that's what I mean. Like, it's, like, a satire type thing. Like, that's what I'm expecting it to be. Um, It it should be interesting. I don't know
0: much about the genre, but I I did watch the interview with Chris Greeley about it that Travis did. And, basically, it sounds like there will be some, like, maybe some LCS cameos and stuff like that and some familiar faces. And he also said that the LCS teams have allowed their, like, um, their brands to be used in it. So, like, their logos and stuff like that. And so maybe we'll see some actual real lcs type stuff and i believe he said lcs and lol esports type stuff so i don't i think that's what he said if i remember if my memory serves right but anyways that's, it'll be interesting that's all I,
1: know. I would assume this is probably something that's like a couple of years down the pipeline at least like one or two years so uh
0: well apparently it's already two years down the pipeline i guess he said that he was sitting with one of the guy, maybe V guy, I don't know, maybe one of the people that was working on it. He said he was sitting watching Detroit finals in 2019 and talking about it to give oh. the guy some information about. So this could be sooner than we think because it might already be two years in the making. Don't know though, not sure.
1: Already, uh, next up, the LCS midseason showdown, which if you don't know what the fuck that is, that's basically just spring finals, spring, uh, spring finals. playoffs. Uh, it's happening in Houston on April twenty. 3rd to 24th at the NRG stadium, which is where the Texans play very nice stadium. I've also been there. Um, and maybe I'll be going there when that happens. Cause I'm only like a two and a half hour drive away. And
0: that's the Texas thing that you were alluding to before, like 10 minutes yes. ago or whatever. So
1: maybe watching. who knows that goes well. It might be a venue for worlds.
0: Yeah. He said COVID permitting, which is like, duh, at this point, pretty much everything's COVID permitting. I think.
1: And um, then to sort of, uh, to give uh, New Jersey another shot, uh, Chris Greeley also said that the New Jersey uh, finals that are going to be in 2023 summer, they're going to go back to New Jersey at the Prudential Center. So uh, hopefully, people in that area can still get that sort of experience and whatnot.
0: Yeah, the one thing I want to call out uh, a good friend of ours, a regular listener, uh, Manders. Uh, <laughs> he uh, we uh, we were when I posted the uh, the midseason showdown thing. He got confused because midseason showdown, like, it sounds like MSI, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he thought it was MSI. And so when I told him, like, that it was in Houston, he's like, I might go to that. And I was like, you might, you will? (laughs) Like, like, it's just just spring finals. Like, you're going to go all the way to Texas for that? And he's like, wait, what? It's just, it's just spring finals. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, well, that's misleading. Maybe I won't go to that.
1: I, I do. It just. <laughs> we talked about this like when Spring Finals was rolling around in the first place. Like Midseason Showdown just doesn't have like a, that ring to it.
0: It's bait. man. It just like it sounds like MSI, but it's not.
1: Spring playoffs. Like that's what it is. Like don't make it yeah. seem like it's something else. All yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, last up. Um, another thing that was in Chris Scruley's interview that was pretty surprising. I didn't actually watch it myself, but uh, Blue Jay did. I but did. apparently. He's going to be stepping down as LCS commissioner with a new one to be hired very, very soon.
0: Yeah, he said within the next two or three weeks in the interview. So I don't know when they interviewed. Probably The interview was pretty recent. It was released on the 28th of August. So probably that's recorded days not long before that. So uh, yeah, I would imagine that there's going to be a new commissioner announced in the near future. And so that's kind of cool. Nothing really too crazy about that. I mean, I don't think there was any hard feelings uh, one way or another about Chris Greeley. But it looks like he's only interim. Uh, commissioner for the time being until they find someone else to take the spot. So,
1: Yeah. I mean, even, even, even when you told me that, I feel like that was a little bit surprising because from my view of Chris Greeley, it's always felt like he's been a guy to implement change pretty quickly in terms of, you know, listening to the community response and kind of adjusting things to make them as good as they can possibly be. I think, you know, everything that he might've done hasn't always turned out exactly the best or how, you know the way that everyone's wanted it to be but i think he's yeah. been one to you know move things along pretty quickly and Absolutely. in an attempt to make change for good so i feel like you know kind of a bit sad i think that we you know...
0: i i've had criticisms of Greeley. i have but one thing i will always give him praise for is that he was never afraid to try something new it sounds like i'm giving a eulogy like he died or something <laughs> <laughs> but but he was never afraid to try something new like the new format that they had this year a lot of people liked it a lot of people didn't like it the the 15 games every weekend or the spring split counting and going into summer like so that's something that i always appreciated about him and so that's something that we might miss with uh the new commissioner who knows who knows
1: yeah i wonder like even who it's going to be if it's going to be like some no-name guy that like nobody knows about or if it's going to be like somebody like that
0: like, or something
1: <laughs> dude then he'll get like fired again and go back to casting
0: <laughs> it's gonna be jet he's got a new role well like he, okay he's been a player he's been a caster he's been a coach he was on the balance team now he's commish baby jet the commission
1: okay well here's the thing if jet like okay obviously i don't i don't think that we think that jet's gonna be the commissioner of the lcs That's but if i pick okay well do we, like, <laughs> dude? Do you think he'll like go back to casting again? Like, I, w- I do.
0: I actually think he will be casting. If I'm being serious, I think like, how do I say this nicely? There are other talents on the LCS broadcast that have not had the experience to catch up to Jat's level yet. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting. Actually, it,
1: Actually, right? you know what? I got a good one for you. How about let me give oh, you, a, no. let me pitch you a scenario and tell me if you're down for this. Okay. Instead, Jat will cast, but instead he'll go to LCK and replace Wolf on the English broadcast.
0: What the hell? Man, I'll take that. But wait, where does Wolf go? Does he gotta go somewhere?
1: Uh, no, he can just never be seen ever again. I know, it's
0: sounding really harsh, but... Yeah. Dude, I, do, I, I thought
1: you were going to say crumbs. Commish crumbs. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Dude, it, but it does kind of feel like Jet's kind of like, he's on this like Brett Favre kind of train where like, he's kind of like retiring from casting and then just like, we'll come back to it. And like, he's now like on his third stint potentially. And it'll be, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, yeah. I'll i welcome Jet back. Like, he's a great caster. I, think I love Jet. I
0: think he's great. Yeah. yeah
1: him, him and Azale or, or him and like Kobe, like they're always great and uh, on the
0: dive i wonder if yeah. that means mark loses his job on the dive i mean he doesn't lose his job but yeah i think he did replace jad. what if they
1: just added they just add jad back
0: that's too many people well I, I don't think it's too many people i think they don't want more than than three people because they usually try to keep their episodes short they're always trying to keep it an hour and then well isn't sometimes it like goes I, over i don't watch
1: the dive as much as i used to but is it mainly that like uh, sorry, Kobe and Azale are usually, like, the standard guys, and then Mark will kind of, like, Mark. occasionally... Well, no, no, but... no, Mark's
0: the standard as well.
1: Or is, is is it just that Freak is the normal, like, he's the sub for whenever somebody can't Freak come?
0: Freak is the normal sub, but the thing is, they've all been off at some point. Like, they've all been either sick or they're on a vacation or something like that. That the joke this year is that Freak is their sub, but he's not really a sub because he's in so many episodes. Yeah.
1: Well, I just... I it's from what I could remember, like it felt like Mark Z was like missing the most, and like that was where like Freak maybe. got. I mean, maybe I don't know. I just
0: I don't know. I listen every week, but I don't really. I don't really remember who's been gone or whatnot. I know Freak's been on a lot, but uh, yeah. Okay, that's it for this episode, right? I think so. Let's give a heads up to everyone. Uh, we don't know if there's an episode next week. If there is content to do an episode, we will do one. If there is not, we will not. And it's pretty much that simple. JNT is still traveling for a little bit, right? So I don't know when live shows are going to start again. Do you um, n- Refresh my memory. When the hell are you back in Texas?
1: I mean, the earliest live show that we would do would be Monday, September the 13th. Okay,
0: um, so and a like a couple uh,
1: weeks. Well, and I mean, like I did mention, we haven't actually got any, you know, dates released yet for Worlds. Um, if I were to extrapolate based on previous... Uh, worlds start times i would think that worlds probably starts that last week of september so at the very least if for whatever reason we had no more episodes the next one at the very very least would be september the 27th but i would think that we would probably do one or two beforehand if we wanted to you know talk about the world's we're definitely going
0: to try yeah we're
1: definitely going to try but at the very very least if there's if you don't see us for a month. Uh, September 27th, but I think most likely, at the very least, there'll be one on the 20th of September, because that'll be the week before Worlds, and there could be one even next week if there's any major news and whatnot. But
0: Yeah. And, like, we, I, I mentioned earlier how I wanted to shout out you guys that keep coming back every week. We want to put out an episode for you guys that continue to come back every week. So, like I said, we will do our best to make an episode. We, we want to, <laughs> we just don't know if there's going to be enough content to do it. I'm not going to waste everyone's time and talk for an hour or two hours if we don't have anything to say that's just that's not fair to people that come back every week yeah um anything else jnt
1: oh i think that's it
0: okay well N-A-O-ver. i do this every week yeah what, what a good what a good year though it was nice this was our first full year of, of clown fiesta podcast so uh yeah we got our nice little community and you guys keep coming back and so we appreciate you and for those that are new remember to sub we want them subs. We're actually only like a couple away from two hundred subs on YouTube. So please hit that sub button. It will help us a lot. And uh, this week we'll try to get our episode out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Right, J and T.
1: I forgot. <laughs> I was fair, so I,
0: to be fair, J and T was up really late last week, guys. So while I do give him a hard time for forgetting to put it up, I didn't even know it wasn't up. I, I just thought it was. Yeah, up see, on Spotify blame him because
1: he normally is the one that checks.
0: I, do nor- I, I don't i do check every week because I normally, like, I re-listen huh, to our episodes. So I could have just but...
1: been forgetting every week then. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not in your interest to forget every week. I, I didn't think I had to check. I normally check for the audio. I'm not checking to see if it's uploaded usually. I'm like, oh, let's see how our audio was this week or whatever it is. But I'm rambling on as per usual at the end of our episodes. Thank you guys so much. We will see you when we see you and uh this has been episode 57 of the clown fiesta podcast we love you
1: bye bye